I guess they're not focused enough or they don't have the confidence to pick up what they know is their God-given gift and use it to influence. I've always told my kids, like, what do I do in life? Everything, anything you love is what you should do. Anything you love. I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And before we start, please remember to visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone to access all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at Mindset.Zone. And if you want to get a free copy of my book, Mindset Zone, the first chapter, please go to mindset.zone forward slash book. Today, my special guest is Roseanne Forte. Roseanne was a successful C-suite executive and working mom of four. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit, she enrolled in a coaching program to put alcohol to the side for three months. Her experience was extremely transformational, so much that she wrote a book about it. And the title of the book is The Plans He Has for Me, a 12-week daily devotional for freedom from alcohol. So welcome to the Mindset Zone, Roseanne. Oh, thank you for having me, Anna. I'm so excited about our talk. Yes, because I would love if you can start by telling us about your own journey with the alcohol that leads you to where you are today. I want to share that with people because I think it's very similar to many people's journeys. And I, I think a lot of people don't discuss it, right? <laughs> I used alcohol for a lot of the reasons that society tells you it's normal to use alcohol starting when I was young, to be cool in college, to party in business for, um, you know, business luncheons and events, um, conferences, <laughs> right? Uh, all of those reasons. And then I had children and stress and balancing life and career. And I wasn't managed, you know, I used it to manage stress. Um, and it, it continued to be in every part of my life, right? Whether I used it for romanticism with my, my husband, or, um, you know, I'd go to birthday parties with my two-year-old and I, there was alcohol there. And I, I remember thinking, when is it not there? Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a fascinating and um, one of the reasons that I thought that you will be a so ideal guest in the mindset zone is because all of us have our own kind of mindset, belief system around alcohol and our relationship with it. Mm -hmm. So alcohol is this legal drug after a certain age that people can, we can go anywhere and buy it and have it in the house. And uh, there is a relationship that we establish with this very powerful thing. I personally, I love my glass of red wine once a week when I go out for a meal. And I'm very lucky to be able to keep it very much on that level 
And at the same time, I know that during the COVID-19 and the lockdown, when I was not going out and I was opening that bottle of wine in the house, sometimes one glass became two glass because I was the only one drinking in the house during dinner. I will open the bottle. Oh, I had to start to serve myself the glass, put the bottle away with my vacuum thing. That way it was, okay, I'm not, it was the way that I had to control it. That I know, uh, and by our conversations before, and so many other people, alcohol can become a totally of, uh, we can use it in so many different ways. Uh, kind of, We are self-medicating with it. Right. And I think that's where my use was. I know there's different types of problem drinking, whether it's binge drinking or um, mine was clearly to check out and manage anxiety. And I think that's when the problems start because you don't have these mechanisms to deal with, uh, healthy mechanisms to deal with your anxiety. And then one day you go like, this is, you know, you're doing stupid things. You might be saying something, you might get in an argument. You know, there's so many things that we do when we're under the influence. We're like, you know, I really got to cut back. And then you go, "Uh oh, like, why can't I? And you get stuck and there's not a lot of people talking about it, right? Openly, you believe that well, for a long time, even I believe that AA was the only option. And I'm like, and AA has helped so many people. It's really saved lives. So I don't want to knock it. But from my perspective, and I think from a lot of people's perspective, I may have been, you know, I don't know, I would have had to get myself in a lot more trouble, you know, to kind of get to that point. But for me, I just didn't know that there were other ways to control this and you try this mental gymnastics and here's where the mindset comes in right the mental gymnastics that we have with ourselves trying to control it like only after five only with other people only on weekends only on holidays only on vacation but even that we we start um not being true to our word so it starts to affect our our self-esteem um, Self-esteem, and we start not believing in ourselves, right? So it's it's really quite the spiral down in mental health, um, I would tell you. And the lie for me is what the alcohol industry tells you it gives you. In my experience, it steals everything from you. It steals your health. It steals your mental wellness. It steals your connection to other people, like true connection to other people. It steals your purpose. It steals your productivity. <laughs> if I haven't listed enough things. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh, but, and I find very, uh, because is the you're saying the people will pay, okay, I do this only if, and they accept, and we start to accept. And then we start, oh, I had promised myself to do that, that self-esteem down spiral of mining our self-esteem. And it seems that you are getting in that vicious circle there and that you you didn't got driving under the influence or nothing like that, that make you radically have to do something about, but you were feeling that something was oh, not... I, let me just be clear. Oh. I drove under the influence way, way too many times. But, way nev- too- but never, you never got the ticket for it. 
I did actually. I did. Wow. I didn't knew that part. Yeah, great. Over over 10 years ago. And it was one of those instances where I was having marriage difficulties. And it was kind of a self-harm thing. Instead yeah. of solving for it, I I self-destructed and I did wow. get a DUI. Yep. Not and- the, not recommended under any no no way for for so many reasons we can go over the list of reasons and the, the interesting thing from there until you really decide to do something about how many years 10 wow you can mess with this what i call psychological slavery for a long time you know being tied down to something that you don't want to be tied down to and um i could have gone maybe for another 10 years before i would have you know and and in those 10 years your tolerance is increasing 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 you're always able to drink more than you know you used to and um so yeah. w- what was the thing that made you decide to join the the coaching program just to say, okay, I'm going to try for three months to be alcohol free? Yeah, I had been thinking about it um, for quite a while. And I, I actually saw a commercial like, hey, come to this conference in Malibu and have a weekend alcohol free. And I'm like, oh, I can't even remember the last weekend I was alcohol free. I'm all in. Well, COVID hit. And I actually got scared about my health and surviving it because, you know, heavy amounts of alcohol suppress the immune system and suppress lung function. And I'm an ex-smoker too. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of things going in my favor, you know, when COVID was rolling into the U.S. And um, I ended up doing, I quit on my own for three weeks, but then I ended up doing an online version of that program in Malibu. And I'm like, Hey, I think I'm going to do this. And I'm so grateful I did because I don't think I would have had the staying power to stay quit without the tools. And that after I went through that 90 days, like you said, I was just so transformed. I was, my weight was down. My blood pressure was down. My resting heart rate was down. I was walking. I, my self-confidence was up, my peace and joy, you know, restored. And I'm like, I'm not going back here. (laughs) And when I started it, there was no comprehension of mine that I could ever quit forever. But um, that was one of the reasons that AA was not in the picture because you knew, okay, if I go there, they are going to make me promise that I will never drink. And that was not in your field of possibilities. You didn't want to entertain even that idea. And another very interesting thing that we spoke uh, in the preparation to this interview that I thought was um, fascinating and shows, like you say, that alcohol can be a hidden problem for so many people that you, the thing with your therapist, can you tell us here about that? Yeah. So I was going to a therapist. I I had a little bit of PTSD from my, um, from my marriage and I was going there and I was, you know, I was solving for a lot of problems, but, and I did, I don't think I realized that alcohol was the problem because once I took alcohol out of the equation, I could take therapy out of the equation. I didn't realize it was affecting that much, but there was no way I would even I, tell him because I felt like, oh, that's the problem. Like he wouldn't talk to me anymore. That's the problem. You need to go to AA. And 
And so, and I recognized that after I went through the coaching program, I ended up working for them as an enrollment coach and having these conversations with people and realizing it was kind of a high level executive coaching program and realizing these, I was the first human being that they had ever discussed their alcohol problem with. And these are high functioning executives, right? all the shame associate the labeling. Uh, so, and they think that they had under control until they like you, because you are you are also very functional. Right. Uh, and uh, was only when you decide, let me try for three weeks. Let me try. And then, okay, I did three weeks. Let me try for three months and then seeing the transformation. Mm-hmm. Then is when you look back and say, okay, now I can do really something about this. Well, and this methodology is about choice and empowerment. And I think the, I have a lot of friends that have been through AA and their thought process about needing the meeting and always being, I just read an article from somebody that said, you know, I'm always being tempted. I can't go into a bar. I go into bars and happy hours all the time. Now I had to train myself to do that and not be bothered, but I have to remember it's my choice not to drink because I know the consequences of if I do. And I also run that kind of movie through my head because every now and then this little romanticism will come through and I'll go, yeah. And if I had that, I wouldn't want to drink it slow. (laughs) I'd want to drink it fast. I'd want to be buzzed. And that's not why I'm looking at the glass of wine. I'm looking at it as, oh, isn't it nice? And like, no, it's not nice to me. And I just, I choose, you know, and that's really empowering and makes you, in in terms of mindset, right? Makes you responsible for your choices and understanding consequences of your choices. So, yeah. So let's speak about that because hopefully we'll be managed to put this episode live and uh, around the the beginning end of the year beginning of the year the time that we do resolutions that we there yeah. yeah. ourselves to do something different to give a new start yeah. i love the, the 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 end and the beginning because and the the end of the calendar year is that magical that okay what do i want to do new what do i want to achieve so what if somebody's thinking about, okay, this new year, I'm going to be January without drinking. What will be the advice for them? Uh, the advice based on my experience is one, as we discussed, don't make a promise to yourself that you're not going to be hundred percent committed in. And what I like to tell people first and foremost is that hundred percent is easy. 99% is a bitch. Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Once you allow like the 1% to start festering in your mind, should I, shouldn't I just one, <laughs> like it becomes so difficult and you're going to lose the battle. But if you go, no, I committed this. I'm going to follow through. You know, it's kind of a little bit of a short term, you know, change because your body wants to move towards um, pleasure and away from pain. But if you understand that the true pleasure comes with you making it through, that's like one of my clients said, you know, you never wake up the next day regretting that you chose not to drink ever. 
<laughs> I love that. I yeah. love that. And I think the interesting, and I think that is one of the magics in terms of behavioral change that maybe is behind this, because you put in the beginning a time limit, like you were saying about your own experience, you, you start with three weeks, it's not forever, because if it's forever, that 1% can really bother. But okay, you just have to do this. You said that you're going to do this for three weeks. Let's right. do it for three weeks. So makes it more manageable. Yeah. And the other thing I want to really emphasize, um, I think it's a really good question. What should I do? Habits, any habit, right? But drinking especially, I think it's important to have an accountability source, yes. you know, um, and if you're going to enter, there's a lot of coaching programs, right? I have one, I have a coaching program. And even if you get the book, you get into a private Facebook community, but declaring what you're doing to other people makes it more real because you're already, you're used to just letting yourself down. And so this is about challenging yourself to keep your word because once you keep your word on this, you get empowered to keep your word on the next promise that you make to yourself. And so it's a complete mindset shift, right? So accountability is huge in this um, game. So let's go back to your own journey. You decide three weeks from three weeks, you went to three months. Then from that 90 days, you had the perspective to see, oh, I want to keep this new path and not going to back to the old one. And when was the thing about writing the book and helping others? That was um, as I was an enrollment coach, you know, I'm I'm a faith-based person. I'm a Christian. I, I, I enrolled a lot of people. And um, a lot, a great amount of people said, I'm a Christian, it's causing me so much guilt. And I'm like, well, so I am too, this is a great program, you know. And then I just started, I realized for me that a lot of the concepts that I learned were biblically based. And so I just started writing out scripture and prayers for these particular clients. And they were, their reaction was like, oh my gosh, you need to keep doing this. And and so just one day I'd write and I'd write, I'd be writing it for them, really. Wow. (laughs) And um, yeah, and so that's how it got created. And I think the special thing about that is if I tried to do that today without that, it wouldn't be the same because I had just lived that experience. You know, when you live an experience, you can just express it from the heart and so about what you're going through. And that's what the reviews have talked about too. It's like, you know, this is, it's just so meaningful to understand what people go through and what they're thinking, you know, as they go through day one, you know. The program that you did was agnostic, was not the specific religion. Uh, and then you became one of their enrollment coach. So you become one of the contact per- people that will, if somebody right. was interested, uh, will you will be the one on the phone or in the Zoom to see if yeah. there was a good match for them. And then you start to have no many people that were doing the program. And the ones that, like you were Christian, you you start to do these reflections, these the, the, the devotional kind of things, mm-hmm. and they start to connect and you realize, okay, maybe I can transform this into a book. Yeah, because I wanted, I, you know, AA is higher power. And I did, and for me, from my perspective, 
having purpose, using your gifts, using your God-given gifts, right? We all have a gift and we kind of throw them away for some reason during life, maybe because society tells us to, maybe because we're, we're drinking too much and we don't have time to use our gifts. But what I like to encourage people is like, you have a gift, start using it and see where it takes you. You know, we've had people that wanted to start their singing again or play an instrument, or I've always wanted to get my real estate license and they're in fundraising at, you know, for nonprofits. And it's like, fulfill your dream, fulfill a purpose, you know, use your gifts because that's where you're going to shine. And um, I, th- I just think people use, they have too many excuses. I guess they're not focused enough or they don't have the confidence to pick up what they know is their God-given gift and use it to influence. I've always told my kids, like, what do I do in life? Everything, anything you love is what you should do. Anything you love. And uh, now you are helping people to get freedom from uh the alcohol and the uh, and the, I presume that in your coaching program, then there is the okay. Now that you took that out of the equation, that you have more energy, that you help them also to find their purpose. Yeah, that's what I. There's three sections I try and focus on over twelve weeks because a lot of people quit. You know, dry January thirty days or Lent forty days. But it's really not enough time to really see all the transformative possibilities. Because people have said, well, why don't you do, just do a 30-day program? And I go, well, I wouldn't be in integrity with what my message is. And so between two weeks and 30 days, you're just detoxing from a substance, right? And then it gets like, okay, I'm bored. What do I, now what do I do? And I just focus on a lot of, well, you took something out of your life. What are you going to put back in that provides joy? Um, we work a lot on forgiveness uh, of self and others because living in the past is limiting our future. And a lot of us drink because we can't forgive somebody else or we can't forgive ourselves. So forgiveness is that. And then the last part of the journey is just really understanding the power of what's been happening to you. You're sleeping better. You've started things. You're you're connecting with your kids or your spouse or your friends. You're more efficient and you have more clarity at work. Boy, when we coach people that are on commissions, it's so visible. <laughs> like they know what clients to focus on. They handle problems quick, quicker. Their commissions go up. They're making more. It's, you know, it's not only financially gaining what you're spending on alcohol, but it's just, you know, the world becomes your oyster. But there's such a big lie at the beginning, you know, and I I just try and have this really positive approach. Like, come on, just try it for this period of time and see what's possible and be excited to see what's possible. That's what the motivation is to continue the path, right? Yeah, yeah, the 12 weeks. And interesting thing from, again, from our previous conversations is that you start in a general program that was really helpful and transformational for you. You saw that there was the need of a more focus on your religious beliefs. You develop that. And now you you were telling me in the other day that some of your clients are not Christians necessarily. Yeah, yeah it's, 
I have three people in the coaching program. One is um, a declared atheist, so I don't know where he is. I'm, I mean, I'm obviously going to, I just started the Christian coaching program recently. So one is an atheist, one is an agnostic, and one, um, you know, and this is where drinking goes. Like you keep trying to do it on yourself, by yourself, by yourself, willpower, and it just doesn't work. And then she's like, you know what? I think I need to meet God. (laughs) And they're all doing wonderfully. They're all, you know, they're doing great. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, and this is is that journey and uh, whatever I, uh, one of my core beliefs is that there is more than one way and a path and people, we have to find our own path and our own way of getting meaning and uh, absolutely God can be one of and very powerful way for that. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, the important thing is that we find that meaning. I, mm-hmm. I love to bring uh, in this podcast, uh, I have several episodes where I speak about Vitor Frankl, that is one of my heroes and uh, in terms of psychotherapy, in terms of life in general, and uh, his book, Man's Search for Meaning. It's all oh, about yes. the purpose, all about finding why we are here and uh, what I love about what part of the work that you are doing is helping people to find their why find their meaning absolutely and know that there's something better than continuing you know that path because that path just leads to destruction and um, it's just having people know about another another methodology to see what's possible and I love I love your message of purpose because that's that's where we all wake up with joy, right? Yeah, and um, uh, is is the way how do you say? I think at the end that is something quite universal. We want to life is just a mystery. It's just uh, this weird thing of us having life and consciousness of our life because there's lots of life around us in nature, mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. But this thing that we as human beings are conscious that we are alive and uh, we are conscious about the the universe in this incredible dimension is mind is, is crazy and beautiful and so many things at the same time that finding a purpose gives a sense of direction gives uh, a, gives a purpose <laughs> I don't know well, how to it, put yeah, it in another way. <laughs> before before we came on, I was thinking about the fact that, um, you know, because I was so driven towards kind of the climbing up the ladder and making money and, you know, all all these other things that the world says is, is important, but it really didn't give me that joy. And I didn't have what you're talking about is that that awareness of today and what's beautiful. And you know what I mean? I was just laser focused on something. But if you think of all the greatest companies that have ever been founded, they were founded on solving a problem and more about a purpose, right? They're, they're found on there's a problem in the world and I want to fix the problem. And um, I just really think that's cool. And I I think I mentioned to you that my last W-2 job, which was a very long time ago, but I used to manage the family office of a billionaire. And I remember when I first started working for him, he had just stepped down. He's one of the richest men in the world. And I was on his little private jet <laughs> and he goes, now what? What do I, how do I, how do I beat that? And it's like, you know, little on me, I'm like, 
Did you just say that to me? <laughs> You're one of the richest people in the world, you know, and um, and it, that's what was missing, right? Was purpose is, you know, he had had a purpose in solving a problem and now he was stepping down and there was emptiness yeah. to what had happened. And um, it, it it's at every level is, I guess, what I'm trying to say, yeah. every single level. You know, one of the things that I want to do is, you know, even with the book is I just met somebody who uh, does prison ministry and just to give people hope that there is something better, you know, yes. um, because a lot of the reason people are in prison is because of addictions and sorrow and, you know, and so I just think this message is it doesn't matter who you are. It's the same conversation. I promise you, I've talked to too many people that confide in me to know that you are not alone in this process. And that's why the community is such an important aspect, because it's a relief to know that you are not alone in this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as human beings, we are connecting beings. We absolutely need the, the community, the right community to help us thrive, to help us grow. So wonderful. So how can people learn more about your work? The quickest way to do it is through the website, www.theplanshehasforme.com. And you can download the quick start video to alcohol freedom. And, um, you know, those are my 12 best ways to achieve the 12 weeks. And the first one is that 100 versus 99. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a key. Um, I just started, I was just brave enough to start a TikTok and Instagram. You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> like it's a week and a half old, but uh, getting used to that. So that's at Roseanne Forte Plans. And yeah, those are the, and of course you can buy the book on Amazon, the plans he has for me. And I will make sure that all those links will be under the show notes of this episode, because I think people starting with a new resolution, a new start, whatever it is, if this resonates with them is an amazing tool to use. Thank, Thank you, you so me. much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for listening. And remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset dot zone and if you want to get a free copy of the first chapter of my book mindset zone please go to mindset dot zone or slash book as always i'm so grateful you are here expand what's possible for you for the ones around you for the world